Welcome to Half a Half a Cinch, where we talk about albums from 1998, because that was 25 years ago. Get it? Half a Half a Cinch? You get it by now, I'm sure. Uh, I'm Mike, and that's JR, Hello. and Scott is uh, he's he's from Scram. And, and uh, he is a lifelong fan of the band we're going to talk to, which is, tell him, Scott. Less than Jake. If lifelong means my life started when I was in seventh grade, then yes, that's correct. <laughs> I, I'd say that's 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 good. That's a good place for life to start. Yeah, right. In uh, it, what, what were you doing in 1998? How old were you? Where where were you? What were you doing? 98, I was 12. Uh, so that would be like seventh grade ish. Uh, which is actually like pretty much right when I was starting to get into like punk rock, ska music. Uh, buddy of mine, John, uh, one day came over to my house and brought over a couple CDs, uh, CDs that was going on in 98. Yep. Uh, uh, one of which was uh, uh, Evil Doers Beware by Mustard Plug. So that was still one of my favorite ska albums. Uh, but one of them, uh, actually the the first Lesson Jake songs I think I heard were, were when he brought over uh, uh, their cover EP of the uh, Grease soundtrack. So that was like <laughs> my actual introduction to Lesson Jake was listening to that. Uh, listening to do cover songs. That's cool. Yeah, which they've done, you know, quite a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah and they do kind of some uh, fun covers. They do t- TV theme songs, you know, things like that. Um, and they did, I forgot, it's probably like six or seven songs from the Grease soundtrack. Uh, you know, and I dug the sound, uh, but obviously got way into it more when I started listening to their actual albums and such. But yeah, so 98, I'm a 12-year-old, just just starting to get into, into this type of music. Prior to that, I was listening to... Eiffel 65, whatever the hell else was on the radio at the time. So, <laughs> and the 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 town that you were in at the time, the town that you grew up in was remind me. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Aurora, Illinois. Aurora, that's right. And Queen's was World. was yeah. there was there a like a venue like a when you were a kid was there like a venue you could go to as a teenager? Uh, in not in Aurora, but uh, I was going into shows in the city. Uh, starting actually, uh, we will get to it at some point. But uh, the first like punk rock show I saw was a Less Than Jake show at the Metro in 2000. So that would have been that where I was a little bit older. Um, but but from then on, so basically the in between eighth grade and high school, um, and then all through high school, I was coming into the city a lot for shows. I, I was going to the Fireside Bowl a lot when it was still open. Yeah. Uh, you know, Metro, all those places. So, uh, so yeah, not, not immediately, but I, I was lucky enough to have a dad who was willing to drive me yeah. and my buddies downtown. Yeah. Uh, he, he actually, you know, sometimes he, he kind of started off with once in a while, he'd just drop us off to the shows, but eventually he was like, yeah, I'll just check it out. And then he would, he would come to the shows. He, he, he had a good time too. So, yeah. you know, and then eventually you meet kids who can drive you there and then you can drive yourself. And so, yeah, I'd take the train and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, well, I mean, your dad being a musician, it kind of right. makes, it kind of makes sense that he would like, want to be like, ah, oh, let me, let me check out what kids are listening to, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. See how well he brought me up, but <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he had a good time, but yeah, it was, uh, uh, yes. So I was going to a lot of shows uh, in Chicago. I got to see a lot of, a lot of bands as they were smaller, um, especially at the fireside, a lot of those bands, um, that were playing there. So, uh, yeah, I, I was, we were probably going to a show or two a month at that point. So in, uh, in our hometown, Bloomington, we had an all ages club called rhinos and that was for teenagers to go to, but, our town is mostly bars. Um, yeah. There, there were a few. I think maybe there might have been a couple of things that would let you in on, if it was an all like eighteen, maybe. I don't. I don't know. So, like, so many ska bands came through Rhinos. It was. I mean, Jr. Did you? Can you remember like what shows you saw at Rhinos that were like ska heavy? Black market market pop tarts. Yeah, which they, then they just changed it to black market pop because they didn't want to yeah. get sued. <laughs> that was, yeah, there's a ton of them. I mean, like Fishbone. Yeah, they came oh, through. Oh, really? Nice. Johnny Sacco. Yeah, we had a lot of friends that were in um, uh, ska bands. So the one that JR just named. I didn't know Johnny Sacco was from Bloomington. That's cool. Oh, uh, Indianapolis. Yeah. 
Oh, Indianapolis. Okay, but gotcha. they, yeah. So, but they they played Bloomington a lot. But yeah, Are those they, shows at the uh, in Bloomington were they mostly college run shows or just regular local Bloomington shows? No, they were. Yeah, they were just regular shows that uh, you know because ska was you know a big thing at the time that they they tried to get ska bands from all over, like lots lots of bands. And Mustard Plug played there. Uh, um, the Blue Meanies. Uh, oh yeah, from Chicago. Yeah, that, like just anyone they could get, because I mean the kids came out to those shows. That's that was like the draw for sure. And like I said, there were you know there's there's a lot of local bands in Bloomington that that did ska. Most you know mostly our friends. Um, so uh, one of our friends was called the Scamps, S K A M P S. And I don't know if there's any other genre that has band names with so many puns about <laughs> yeah. with the actual genre name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know if less than Jake came through Bloomington, but I, I, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I mean, I would not be surprised if I did, but, um, but I, I just don't remember it in back in uh, our day. Um, but yeah, 1998, we're talking about hello Rockville. Um, rock view. Rock view. Sorry. Hello rock view. Um, less than Jake from, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. Scott, and see see how much trivia you know about oh, that. Uh, Gainesville is like their identity, man. Yeah, they yeah Gainesville ninety two is when they they started, and um after yeah after a, like a small debut and then some seven inches, they got signed to a major label, like just immediately signed to to Capital, and only did two records on Capital, which uh, then they dropped and just independent from then on but it's cool to to get your foot in the door as an early band to get signed to like capital and then like then like uh we're out i don't know i don't know the circumstances behind like you know not being on capital anymore if they were dropped or if they decided to get out themselves it's just a contract thing i'm sure i yeah i don't remember exactly i i I think it was maybe a mixture of, of both that, you know, the, I, the, the whole, the run of ska as a genre, you know, being popular only lasted several years before the backlash started, you know? Yeah. So, but, but during those years, I mean, it, it was huge, right? Yeah. Uh, what, and what do you, what do you know about less than Jake JR? Like where, where do they fall on your radar? Uh, I mean, I went to warp tours so I've seen them. Um, they're incredibly tight band. Um, they're incredibly fast. Like they do everything, almost everything really fast, which is nice. Even their, their clean and quiet dynamics, which we'll talk about on the, on the record. They do really fast, almost to a funny like way. You're like, geez, <laughs> like slow it down drummer. Sometimes, you know, but um, I, play tony hawk games i mean so i've yeah. i've heard i've heard them you know um i was in my daughter's learning some songs in this in kind of pop punk genre right now on the drums so i've been listening to this kind of stuff lately so it fit right in yeah, they're, pretty they're one record. of the one of those bands that took us live that they're like how long is our set and they're like oh you guys got 45 minutes and like we don't actually have enough songs yeah. <laughs> 45 we're gonna we're gonna blast through all of our songs in like 30 we'll do 42 songs <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. um were yeah you guys were you guys generally into this genre of music or or not or would you you know did you see less than jay because they're like you were saying this is another band on warp tour or? i liked harder stuff but um I always have loved horns. Like uh, we, I just got out of the studio with a band I play in and we were lucky enough to put horns on a song and we were giddy like kids just from this one song, just to, I mean, horns just make your music sound so great. Um, and there's always been a part of me that loves that. So, you know, um, that, that excited me, you know, but there, but there are a lot of bands like this, you know, but I would say listening to this now and listening back to it, I'm realizing how influential actually they were, you know, on a lot of bands after them. So, yeah, I, totally. I, I loved, I loved the, the, like the live shows. I liked going out and having fun at Rhinos. I, I didn't really, I didn't really listen to a whole lot of uh, ska like records. Like I, 
I it was just more of it was more of a for me rather than than like listening to it and you know breaking it down and and absorbing it. You know, like later later in life, I started to really appreciate bands like uh, like Fishbone. You know, and even like you know those early No Doubt albums, where where it wasn't just about. I mean, all the like fun, but I felt like when bands started to like get a little bit, I don't know, more deeper, like elevate it, elevate the the genre a little bit more. I kind of like you know, like I, I've always been like a fan of like funk music and soul music. So, I mean, anything like Jr. said with with horns was always very cool. It's always yeah. like added like such a great layer to it. Um. And then you know, like, uh, like later, like bands, like even like harder bands, like Mr. Bungle and uh, Dogfish and Disco weren't necessarily ska, but you could hear where they they knew that that genre, like they wanted to like sound like too, you know, mm-hmm. or like at least add, you know, they added elements of it to their music. Yeah, and I I think Less Than Jake has always uh, avoided some of the trappings of what people kind of typically don't like about the genre some of the more like hokey kind of sounds uh some of the more i guess like more polka type sounding stuff yeah. like you know what i mean like uh less than jake to me is like like they're they're ska because yeah they have like the upstrokes and they have the horns and so you know there's the the signals of ska but like they're just a really good rock band in my opinion you know like yeah. they just write really good catchy awesome songs is is there like is there a ska band is there like one or two bands or one specific band that they're they're the biggest joke of uh, yeah the the aquabats (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) that's that's like exactly what i'm talking about i was not you know i i just not really into that that style uh you know and i was in I, i was into ska but i would say i was more into ska punk like i i yeah. I, I more would describe my musical taste as I was into punk and pop punk at the time, which, yeah. you know, and, and ska bands that leaned in that direction is was more more, more my style. I yeah, think I, I actually asked myself while listening to this if it was, was even ska, because it's so much more punk and heavy, you know, than I remember. Yeah. And, yeah. I was, and there even the songs where the horns drive it, I was still kind of like, well, I guess it is, you know, but I don't know. They're... Yeah. they're you, you described really well so definitely more punk leaning yeah I, and they were they were more more ska leaning i would say in their earlier earlier stuff like in pezcore uh and their early seven inches which is i, I still really like that I, there's a lot of like hidden gems in their in their early career um that i still go back to but yeah i think that by the time they got into uh, uh hello rock view but even losing streak uh you know that there's still the the sky elements of course but i think it does lean a lot more uh, on the punk side no that i think i mean i read that they didn't initially start as a ska band they they actually didn't have horns yet when they first started like writing stuff so that probably you know that probably shows you that their writing style wasn't like yet meant for horns but like adding the horns like later is definitely what they wanted to go with right um, and you'll see like th- like their influences are are wide reaching too like the, the, there's a lot of uh, uh like the chris their lead singer is a big metalhead um you know their backgrounds are are kind of interesting in that way uh and uh yeah so uh, yeah I, I wouldn't and i mean they were part of what this wave of ska where they're you know after like operation ivy uh, you know, they're, they're, they're getting together less than Jake, would you say 92? So, you mm-hmm. know, operate operation in Ivy was in 87, 89. And, you know, that's probably what you'd say is the, you know, the, the start of this style of music, but they're only a couple of years after that. So they, they're largely inventing the sound at the time that the stuff's coming out, you know? So uh, next, next trivia question for you, Scott, do you know where the original story of where the name came from? Uh, yeah, it, uh, I don't, is it Vinny's dog? Uh, it was it, it, one of the band members dogs, the family treated as like the Kings as a family. And so the, <laughs> the saying was that everything in the house was less than Jake and the dog's name being Jake. Yeah. It, the original story was, it was a parrot. It was his mom's parrot. It was a parrot. Then, okay. <laughs> well, but then decades later, the story changed that it was a dog. So ah. 
There's like a conspiracy going on here. They were on drugs back then. They thought it was a, <laughs> a parrot. Yeah, they they thought dogs were parrots and parrots were dogs. Um, I haven't heard that yeah. before. That's interesting. Yeah, but and it was it was the drummers, well, yeah. Um, the this is interesting that I read that the lyrics for this album are all about uh, the drummer Vinny during four years of his life. Uh, he he wrote like all the lyrics, which it's it's always kind of cool when you hear about like the guy that doesn't sing writing the lyrics. Um, yeah, that's a huge part of the band, honestly. They and it's and it's always been that way uh, until he left. I don't know if you guys knew that he's he's no longer in the band. Oh um, yeah, yeah. But uh, but uh, up until he left, uh, he was the the primary lyricist for all of their albums. So they do have a you know a unique lyrical style. It's definitely you can tell it's a Vinny song. You know. Yeah, uh, and the the title was inspired by a friend of his who is at Rockview State Correctional. And the album artwork is in a comic book format, which is very it's cool awesome. too. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys seen it? Like the no. have you seen the inserts? No. I haven't seen the inserts. It, it's a it's a literal comic book. Like the so like when you had the the CD, it was cool because you you know you flip through it. I have the the LP and you can like fold it out and stuff, and it's it's like a legit comic book. It's really cool. That's yeah, awesome. and all, all the lyrics are in uh, like captions and dialogue format, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. That's that's something that they've always been. One really cool part about the band is they've been they take a lot of care into like the the artwork and imagery and and just their merchandise in general. They have uh, they they always have had uh, their merch has always been sort of like collectors' items, even like from, from way back when. And, and I don't know if if you've come across this, but they uh, uh, at least a few of the members in the band are huge fans of Pez, like and they collect like. Pez dispensers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hence their first album is called Pezcore. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think they took that, uh, you know, the, the collector's mindset and applied it to their merchandise. And they had, there's, I remember there, I, I don't know if these sites are still around, but I remember going, you know, in your dial up internet and you can go and they would have sites that would have like every single piece of merchandise that they had with all the different, you know, quantities of everything. And they, you know, they'd have stuff limited to a thousand, limited to a couple hundred. So yeah, it was always, it's cool just, being into the music, but also there's this whole other aspect of it of, uh, you know, just like a, a collector's dream, you know? Yeah, that is very cool, actually. I mean, do do they make uh, Less Than Jake? Have they ever made like those, like with heads on them or anything? You, you know, that's a good question. I don't, I haven't seen them. Uh, it, it feels like they should have, but like, <laughs> I don't know who you have to talk to to do that, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, but, uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We had uh, uh, the, the, one of the things that I had that was really one of my favorite things I bought from them is uh, it was a cereal box, a Less Than Jake cereal box. Uh, and it was kind of a playoff of like Lucky Charms. Uh, it was like a, it, I limited to a thousand uh, and I got it on the inside. It had a T-shirt and then it had um, their several of their first like seven inches, like repressings of those um and there's like a bobblehead and like a couple other cool things it was super super cool and then uh maybe like 10 years ago uh my mom called me and said she was like cleaning out my room she's like i found this less than jake cereal box i just took what was inside of it and i just threw it away i was like what <laughs> oh no <laughs> she's like if you cared about it it wouldn't be at my house right now <laughs> damn it good point <laughs> yeah uh well this is this is especially cool for you because just a few months ago you saw them live and they did this entire album didn't they Yes I as, that's uh I I think this is the second time I've seen them play it all live yeah a losing streak as well um, That's do they do they just like every time it has like a major anniversary come up they just all they just play it live yeah, I, I don't remember the circumstances of the last one because there was a tour where they were doing um I I th- I want to say they were doing like all of their albums or or several of them like where they do a couple a night or something like that. Um, and I, I know he caught uh, losing streak in uh, less than Jake uh, shows of that. But yeah, that um, I I don't know that they've been purposely doing it on the anniversaries, but first certainly they did it on this last one for yeah. the Hello Rock View. And that was at Beat Kitchen, right? Uh, no, this was at uh, Concord, I think. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah. 
yeah, so yeah uh, that, that's kind of like their their spot now in Chicago, seemingly the past uh, few times they played here in Concord. I absolutely would have gone to that show, but I I think I had like fans or something. But when I saw that come up that they were going to put this whole album, um, yeah. But yeah, um, they're still they're still awesome live. They put yeah. on a really really good show. Yeah, I went I've, to look up um, when I saw them at the Warp tour, um, and I never you know what found year that was. It. I, I never found it because they are the band that has played the warp tour the most. And so oh, there yeah. were so many years and, and the website I said had said that they have like the record for the band that's played the most warp tours. Um, and so wow. I don't know, I don't remember it now because they yeah. just played so many years. That's, that's an impressive stat. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty cool. It makes sense. They, they are the sound like that kind yeah. of, you know, um but yeah so personnel we talked about him a little bit already uh chris demakes is that how you pronounce it demakes probably that's correct he has a uh, podcast called chris demakes a podcast oh very <laughs> clever uh vocals guitar uh roger manganelli vocals and bass Vinny fiorello on drums uh buddy schwab on trombone pete anna on trombone Darren Newfer on sax and Howard Benson is doing all the production. A guy that uh, did a lot of work with them. Um, yeah, he, he uh, is like the, one of the drivers for using uh, pro tools actually on this, this album is yeah. one of the first albums uh, released generally speaking to use pro tools, which is yeah. part of the reason why it still sounds like incredible today. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I saw that and it's interesting when we're talking about this year and other albums we've talked about where I think there's one where it was it, in the, in, you know, in the history of the production of it, one album, they made a whole point of it being that it, they didn't use pro tools. And I just thought that was interesting that like, why is that like a point to be made? And it was because 98 pro tools is, you know, new on the scene Right. So it was like a lot of bands like either made the decision to go with it or didn't, you know, like, uh, yeah. And that's what, that's, what's like interesting about, you know, you were talking about their jump to a major label and, uh, you know, the, the first major label album was actually losing streak, which is one of my favorite albums, uh, by them. And then generally speaking, an excellent album, but, uh, like sound quality wise that compared to hello rock view, like you, I, I I remember first like back then I don't even know if I knew that uh, Losing Streak was on a, a major label, but to me like the sound of Hello Rock View is like oh this is a major label album. Like to me that sounds like yeah. the first major label album, even though it's technically not. Track one, uh, last one out of Liberty City. Do you have any? You have any um any info on like that open sample? Like oh hmm. that's no. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where that clip comes from. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if it's a if it's a, a clip of something or just something that they recorded. I, do you know? Did you find? No, it out? I, I I did not. And I I mean I just thought it was interesting because they named the song after this little sample in the beginning. Right. So yeah, I didn't know if it was one of them saying it or not. But yeah, that that beginning of that song is like it's like lighting a fuse <laughs> like yeah. for the album. You know. It is honestly. It is like it, starting an album with with basically someone telling you to like burn it down yeah exactly <laughs> you're basically like it the from the very start of the album it's destruction right um but yeah it's running into an old acquaintance uh someone who remembered him as being a loser you know but he doesn't he doesn't care what anyone thinks is what the, that one's all about yeah, a lot, a lot of a, that's a lot of his kind of lyrical style is uh, look, you know looking back on his life and the way that yeah. he's fit in in his in his upcoming or his upbringing. A lot of songs where he runs into people too. I noticed. Yeah, for like... sure. He name drops a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some real, some not. Yeah, but yeah, it's a yeah great opening song. Um, like really good bass tone. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I knew that. I knew you were gonna notice a lot of the bass in this, Jr. Yeah, the bass is just fantastic all over the whole record, but it just yeah. come, comes out real nice right here. Yeah, you know what's interesting is that Roger, their bass player, is was originally a guitar player and is actually like a shredder, like an amazing nice. guitar player, which 
when you hear him play bass, like, you know, you, you can, you, he, sometimes he plays like someone who wants to be shredding a guitar, you know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. very busy, you know, in yeah. a good way, but it's, yeah, it's a lot. He it nails is, it too. It is yeah. cool that this, you know, the string dynamic, just one guitar and they both sing, you know, there's not like a lead singer and there's not like a rhythm and solo guitar player. It's just, it's just these, you know, these two guys up front, which I, I think is really cool. Uh, yeah, Roger actually does play uh, in a side project where he's uh, a singer guitar player. It's like a more of like a straight up punk band. Uh, they're uh, Rehasher is their name. Okay. Uh, to help save the youth of America from exploding, I love the song titles too. Like it's yeah. just it's classic like ska song titles where it's some long sentence and it's always a joke. <laughs> and their band has to have some sort of day of the week in the name. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this, yeah, this was all, you know, growing up, getting lost, uh, some little guitar tapping. You notice that in there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah, really cool tappy guitars. And just, like, athletic, like, you know, a lot of genres of music, people say, you know, it's not my cup of tea, but the, the musicians are really talented. And I think this type of music doesn't get enough, um notice because you know whatever play, a lot of people play a lot of power chords a lot of bar chords or whatever it is um it's such athletic music and they're so they play so fast and so tight together and those little tappy things are great the drums are just relentless but you know also the, his vocal style here is where you start to notice like how influential all these bands now sound like you know yeah. like ripping him off for sure like that's what they noticed this one gets this one gets stuck in my head a lot out of a lot of the songs like the the chorus is, catchy, is, so, yeah. is so super catchy and, and i in the beginning like starting with the chorus but more of like a you know a soccer acoustic yeah and then yeah i love that it, yeah. and then love i that. i love doing the, the like when they they drop the thing out they just do a little acapella yeah yeah that, that's another cool. awesome thing about the band is their harmonies are so good and the two of them harmonize really yeah. well together i think that the back to like the the tapping part like that that's where you see a little bit of their like metal influences you know yeah. it's not necessarily like a metal sound but more of like a metal technique you know and yeah. and i know that roger does uh he does record some of the guitars even though chris plays them all live and that part is something that i wonder like if Chris was just like Roger, you take this one because I know that you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that's cool. It's 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 always like the you know the one guy who obviously has like you know the level of talent is a little above everyone else, and it's like and there's no ego there. It's just yeah, yeah, just let him do it if he can do it. Um, all my best friends are metalheads. It's track three. This one actually is a little like it. It brings up some nostalgic sort of imagery for me because we're talking about back in the day at the all ages club and the ska bands coming through and i i was a metal kid and i had i had friends who were in ska bands and so i can really i was that guy i was the like <laughs> the metalhead guy that like i can i'll come see my friend ska band i guess you know <laughs> play um yeah this, this song you had had you guys, if, if you'd heard any Less Than Jake songs, this would probably be the one. Like, did you guys, are you guys familiar yeah, with this, this song? Yeah, this is their most popular song on Spotify, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely like a, it, and it was released as a single, but two years later. I think it's fun, the album had already been out for a couple of years, and then they released this one as a single. Oh, really? I get, I'm guessing, yeah, that it just kind of like, to the point where, I'm like, well, let's just, let's just put that, I guess, as a single or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but like back then like you know you, you, you hear about people releasing like singles in this style of music like what does that even mean really you know because like <laughs> yeah i mean i wasn't hearing these songs on the radio i don't know if you yeah. got, maybe maybe they were playing it in like some you know la station or something i i wasn't hearing anything in chicago you know yeah i don't know yeah maybe it was one of those things where it it you know it took a while to finally get some airplay but uh, yeah, I like I like it. It's like you know, overlooking the differences between each other. Um, yeah, it's it's a good one, man. And like you said, Chris was, Chris was a bit of a metalhead himself too. Yeah, right? I wrote uh, I wrote on the chorus, "You're welcome, some 41." <laughs> uh, and there's also this part in this one where the drummer goes to 
and I won't beat this dead horse to death, I promise, but the drummer goes to these rim clicks. And again, it's supposed to be like rim clicks traditionally are supposed to be like a softer part of a song, a quieter dynamic to a part. And he's just like, <laughs> like crazy. And it's so, like I said, it's almost funny how good they are sometimes. And yeah. I definitely took note of that. Like the, that drum part is just super It's, it's kind of like that speedy reggae, uh, kind of like all yeah. that, it's like Stuart Copeland, you know, would, yeah. do, would do something like that, where it's like a lot of rim shots in, mm-hmm. in a row. Yeah, yeah super I'm, skanky reggae chords and stuff, yeah. Yeah, JR, I'm glad you're talking about his drumming because I feel like he is is underappreciated as a drummer. And I think it's largely because of the role he plays in the band. Like he's largely known as, you know, as the main lyricist. He, I, he's kind of the guy that you was the sort of head of the band in terms of like their business and everything. He had a lot of the mm-hmm. ideas around the merchandise and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I think it does get kind of lost that he's also just a really good drummer, especially for yeah. his style of music. Oh, for sure. Um. Yeah, FYI, Scott, uh, JR is really good at noticing uh, lots of stuff because the guy has every instrument in nice. in bands. So oh, yeah. I don't know if you didn't know that about him. The guy's the guy's got drums, bass, guitar, and vocals all in his CV. Nice. So, um, five State Drive, track four. It's literally about leaving town. <laughs> that's the that's the song. <laughs> <laughs> it's like let's write a song about leaving town. It's a it's a funny thing too with a like a very young band like this writing things that they know and what they know are like friends from around town or or what it's like to just get in a car and go somewhere else. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's it's a theme you know that is sort of repeated in, in this album and in a lot of the songs that that they write. I I what I, I like this song is it's. Uh, I think the verse and the chorus kind of keep the same tempo. You know, they change like a little bit, but it's, uh, you know, it's kind of got the same speed to it. Um, but uh, it's just like a really, really awesome, catchy song. And then it kind of gets, you know, bolts up at the end. It's really great. Yeah, yeah, the horns really drive it. Like, it's got that cool bass intro, but the horns really kind of drive it from the front. Like, the horns sometimes are like a surprise in their songs. Like, they'll come a little later. Or, or they'll just start it right off the beginning with them. But I think I like how they kind of drive this one. This is just yeah, simple, catchy, nice one. Yeah, yeah and, and this is like this is where his lyrical style really shows through. It's like the the first lyric is like uh, got on the forty seven, transferred to the eighty nine. Like it's like literal streets, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is it like my note was like literally leaving town, but figuratively leaving the past. Yes, right. And and nothing actually changes from his perspective. Like nothing changes from the, to the future. The punk can be very Americana. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, especially I mean, especially bands that are just like on the road constantly and grinding it out. You know, it, it, I mean, what's more Americana than that? Yeah, which uh, they they were workhorses. Yeah. They were constantly touring. Uh, number five, Nervous in the Alley. Oh, great uh, song. Yeah. It's this, like, this was the first single, I believe. Um, yeah, maybe. I didn't write that down, but yeah, it might have been. Uh, I, what I wrote down, it's the first. Oh, no, it's, it was History of Born Cather. Oh, okay. But I did write down that, uh, interestingly enough, this is the first time in the album that we actually get woe-o's. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it takes track five before we get some woe-o's, but, uh. And then we get him throughout the rest of the record, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of like a was this like a little like a little t- uh, like a dark moment in in his life. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, and Trump. I think like this is uh, like uh, where I, I so, songs like this is where I can you can tell that the person who wrote the song is not the person who wrote the lyrics because <laughs> he because like. Uh, it, sometimes it's like you'll catch them like fitting a mouthful into a, into a specific oh, yeah. chorus, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I the see. chorus, he's like, "Never be alone again with that feeling." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where he's like, "Are you, he's like, are you, Vinny? Are you sure you want all of these words like right here?" <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Don't, he's like, "Don't edit a single word." Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Because like when you read their lyrics, like sometimes you're like, how did they turn this into a song? Like, it, like <laughs> if, if if you read it, like so, like 
Like they like sometimes it's like the middle of the sentences that rhyme, and it's just the way that they like timed the whatever part of the sentence they're in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of like a good like little therapeutic song. They do uh, like key key change towards the end, which is really oh cool. yeah 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 for sure. That's, that's uh, one of the catchier songs on this album. Uh, track six is motto. Um, yeah, all about finding something in life that that will help you keep help you stay sane. Love the guitar beginning again. Yeah, the like build up heavier, rock intro. Yeah, yeah, like harmonic guitar little thing he does. Really cool. And I want to say only song on the album without horns. Yeah, this is my I I, I wrote favorite song without horns, so I guess yeah. that would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This I mean this is just a straight up punk song. Yeah, classic punk rock, really good. And uh, uh, Roger, Roger's showing his, you know, the punk rock roots here. Man. Yeah, you you kind of wonder too that being a, a band with, with a horn section, being you know known for a ska band, kind of wonder like what the decision making was on not including horns on one specific song, you know. Well, and, and there's there there were certain albums that they came came out with that they got backlash from the fans depending on the level of horns <laughs> oh yeah. yeah maybe this is the song where like on tour where they would like get a drink and clear their spit yeah. valves and shit. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh now this is the next the yeah the single the next single history of a boring town yeah. this is kind of like a fan favorite yes uh youthful angst you know it's all about wasting away um Reminded me of Sublime a little bit. You guys might disagree, but I can see that. Me of Sublime for sure. Yeah, yeah. A little faster Sublime, yeah. Yeah, well, definitely faster. Yeah. Uh, I like I like that it's you know it's told through uh, the perspective of two people running into each other. A, a, a theme on the album for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think that it, this song almost has like it has, like technically it's a pre-chorus, but it, it is almost like it has two choruses because like the pre-chorus yeah. is. Still, kind of the same rhythm as the as the verses, but is is sort of catchy and singular in its own right. You know, yeah. right before the chorus, so you get these two really awesome parts. Yeah, it, very I, nine, very nineties sounding. Yes, it's, a, it's another one that kind of like that takes me back to to you know all the ska bands coming through Bloomington, and I can see how this song, like a lot of, you know, Bloomington by no you know is one of the better towns by any stretch in Southern Indiana. But I can totally see, you know, people that I knew coming from outside Bloomington and and really relating to a song like this and relating to like its its attitude and the, the whole perspective of it. Yeah, this song hits hard as a teenager when you're growing up in the suburbs. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What was next? Uh, Great American Sharpshooter. Real quick one. Yes. Uh. This this is the the breakup advice song. Like always, got to have one of those for the for the kids, for the teenagers. Right, you get your whoa oh's here too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's some good whoa oh's. Oh yeah, I mean, for I mean, that's what breaking up is all about. It's all about the whoa oh's and the yeah. and the crying. This has a good tom sound. The drums sound good, but they're the toms. He has like a little break on the toms. It sounds great. Yeah, I will say, I, I like. This being one of my favorite albums, uh, if I had to pick a least favorite song, it would probably be this one. And it's really just because I think the the chorus "Whoa, oh" is kind of lazy to me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. write another, write another line. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's funny. Yeah, um, yeah. Danny says it's track nine. Uh, guy talking about being burned out, reflecting on his better days. Super uh, cool horn part, very original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say I do think it's funny when someone is like only 19 years old and they're. they're oh, looking... is that how old he is? I couldn't tell. They don't. <laughs> they don't say that like fucking he... 20 times in the song. Uh, and it's like, like, oh, you're burned out already at 19. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, exactly. I never thought of that. Even though, like at the time, I was fourteen. I'm like, yeah, life must be hard. Yeah, but I mean, that, that's it's so it's such a punk attitude that to like you know because they 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 can't even fathom like what you know the next years are gonna be like. They're just like, oh man, I'm just so sick of life already. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's that's a good one though. Uh, 
a big crash is uh one of my favorite songs track 10 this is uh, i love i love the chorus even though sometimes it sounds like they're saying big crap um <laughs> which which is works too though in a way but um yeah sure <laughs> yeah this is all about disillusionment another one's like disillusion we're so young uh can't live up to the expectations of other people yeah uh, this is a anthemic song it, this is a great live song especially like the when they do the pre-chorus like near the end with the i'll never say everything's okay like build up yeah yeah, really yeah it's it's definitely epic song uh, i really love the i think this is the line i wrote it down but don't be different when you can't be yourself right yeah great it, probably one of my my favorite lines on the album for sure um but yeah that's definitely one of my favorite ones uh theme song for h street track 11 uh 8th street might be somewhere in gainesville i don't know but uh... <laughs> or jersey well jersey you know th- this is uh i, I want to say most of his album is actually about his life in- when he was living in jersey oh yeah that's right it, yeah it's it's about like a specific four-year period of his life right. yeah um i don't remember what brought him down to gainesville if it was college or the family or what but yeah because that's where he met everybody yeah this is i mean just kind of like a running theme on the whole album but it's you know it's good stuff though about you know the people in your life the people who leave questioning where you're going in life you know right good vocal, good vocal harmonies this one is yeah. one i would call ska you know yeah 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 and i just uh, i like punk songs singing about music <laughs> like listening yes. to that song on the radio you know <laughs> or like you know like radio by rancid yeah, yeah. I mean, we come across that so often. Like the the song about music is usually one of the best songs on the album. Yeah, you know? right, right. Um, Especially because, like, when you're that age listening to this style of music, like it's like you're the number one thing you care about anyway. You know. Uh, track twelve was Richard Allen George. <laughs> no, it's just cheese. Dude, love it. This is why I love the style of music too. Like having a song like this reminds me of seeing those bands in our town that we were friends with like just a great fun song skanky cheese just love it uh, i think the title of the song is longer than the actual song too yeah. <laughs> it's such a fast one um yeah so- cheese is i want to say it's like a manager or something of theirs like it's someone related in the in the lesson jake universe i want to see his cheese tattoo <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is like the type of song where it's like, like what I was talking about before about like ska music that can get kind of like hokey. But Lesson Jake is able to do it in a way that they actually pull it off. Like this type of song, like then there's several songs that they have like this where, you know, it could have gone terribly wrong, but it just works. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love the whole like, you know, a song or or something about a specific that is just just too wild like you're, you're just like this this guy is he's not even human he's like a creature of some kind <laughs> and uh it it reminds me of uh some scram shows that we played where this one guy used to show up seb and he slut loved buggy, right yeah slut buggy and he loved us and he would fucking get wild in front and uh, there's a specific moment when he was he was shit face after his band played and he loved us and he had money in I don't know why, but he had money in his hand and he like fell down and the front of his shirt was wet and someone snapped off a picture of him. And it was just the most hilarious like punk rock image. And we used it as our very first like cover for our demo. Which does he know? <laughs> I don't I don't think so. I don't know what happened to him, but uh No, didn't we like lose track of him? Like, we, I have no idea where that guy is. Yeah, we lost track of him, but uh I hope he's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was so fun and it just kind of reminds me of it's like these people that you run across in life that you're like you'll never forget and you're like got to write a song about this person. Right. Um but I some, I like some people say his shirt's still wet somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He's still clutching those three dollar bill, those three yeah. single dollar bills. Yeah, they were just ones. <laughs> just ones. Um, yeah, I like. I like the placement of this song in the album too. Like it's uh, you know kind of near yeah. the end, but it, it's a nice little break before the last two, like which are really great songs. But uh, yeah, it's a good spot to fit in a kind of a fun, quick one. Uh, it it ends with the the sort of like group group sing along 
to right, a mu- yeah. to a mustache mustache song. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> uh, Scott Farkas takes it on the chin. Uh, yeah, I don't know who Scott Farkas is. Maybe another. Yeah, this one I don't know. I, I it's like I swear I thought that was like a character on a TV show, but I looked it up. That's and, very possible <laughs> with I, knowing them. It maybe it maybe is. I don't know. I will have to like look that up later. I mean, they have a song called Johnny Quest Things for Sellout, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This song, too, hey, I always thought this song could have been the last song because of the lyrical yeah. content of the of the chorus. You know? I wrote that. I wrote could be, it could have been the ender. Right. right. The horns are also really interesting in this song where they're usually, like, put in, like, pads throughout the rest of the record, um, or they'll just repeat, like, the guitar line. In this song, they're played throughout, almost throughout the entire song. Mm-hmm. There's a horn part, which is really neat. So they're almost like a score behind this song, which is right. really cool. Yeah, and, and like a really cool kind of busier horn line, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, they ended with Owl's War. Um, Great song. Which is, I, I see why, like, maybe they chose this one for the last, because it's a bit more, like, it's like positive about where it's like, you know, Scott Farkas is more about someone who is like down on the scene, whereas this guy, he's going to do something different with his life. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think for sure. Like, it, it does make sense. This is the last song in the context of all, you know, the rest of the songs. I think yeah. the the uh, Scott Farkas more just makes sense because, you know, it literally ends with it's time to go. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's true. <laughs> But yeah, this this one I definitely I, I could see I could see Vinny writing this about himself and this is like you know, this is him him moving moving to Gainesville or something, you know? It's like yeah. I'm gonna go do something else. Um but yeah, great. I mean great album, like fourteen tracks. It's real quick, it's it, less than forty minutes. Um yeah, the last, last li- the last lyrics are not giving up, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And and like where do, I mean you said that this is this is one of your favorite albums. Like would I mean do you rank this one? Uh like where would you rank this one among all the Less Than Jake albums? This is Yeah, I like I would probably say this is either my top or second to losing streak. I like they're and and like I was saying before, they're they're, they're such different sounding records, like literally sounding. I mean, you know, not so much genre sounding, but um I uh, the, the the two of those are like companion pieces in my mind because I you know I, I got into them uh, I got into them right as Hello Rock B was coming out and immediately got losing streak and listened to both of them endlessly so I, and I, I think most if you ask most fans <clears throat> they would probably say Hello Rock B is, is their favorite one and that would totally make sense to me. Yeah, that, that's the impression I got reading about this. It really is a fan favorite album. For yeah, sure. for sure. It, it, like, I don't know chart wise, but it, it, it's. A, I would have to think it's their best known, if not like the best performing album that they have. Came out on January first. Oh, did uh, it? Is yeah. that according to Spotify? Yeah. Why is that wrong? Uh, the, the Spotify doesn't actually know the date. They just say January first. There's Uh-oh. a. You'll find that a lot of albums it'll say January first. Okay, well, thank you. <laughs> Wikipedia says October sixth. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, we're perfect. We're right. Yeah, hey, we're right. Yeah, we're yeah. almost almost there. Yeah. Um, so post Rock View, uh, they made a few more albums, uh, bouncing between Fat Wreck and Sire. Yeah. Um, but then they started their own label, Sleep It Off. Uh, Darren, he left in 2000, left in 2001, uh, 2013, they put on an album would be, and that was their like last one for a while. They took like a big long break. Uh, 2018, Vinny said he wanted to stop touring, but he still wanted to be a band, uh, even though he wasn't on the next album. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things like. He he's deciding that he wants to still be a part of the band, but he doesn't want to play live anymore. So yeah, and for a band whose like identity is so tied to their live shows, like I I don't know that it would ever have worked out for him to yeah. just be you know at home writing lyrics or you know writing music with them or whatever. 
Yeah. And if is you're that... going to ask someone else to be in the band, you know, the drummer wants to feel like part of the band, you know, yeah. not have some guy at home who's, you know, the, the recording that... drummer. Is that like asking your spouse, like, I want to stay married, but I want to live somewhere else? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically. <laughs> Um, oh yeah he doesn't want to do any of the hard stuff yeah just <laughs> refile the rewards yeah but those uh yeah i don't know if you guys are that familiar with their later <clears throat> career stuff but uh i mean their albums borders and boundaries right after this the anthem uh the one after that one those two are i put them right up there with the rest of their catalog like they're really really good albums um and with the out crowd is where uh, they started to lose people. It was sort of their uh, attempt at going like super poppy. Um, they did have a, they had a song that was, uh, who, there was like in a video, like one of the Gilmore girls was in it. Um, overrated is a rest of my life. One of those. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like that album uh, is one of those albums that people kind of are taking a retrospective look at and appreciating a little bit more than they did at the time it came out just because like the difference in sound. But after that, um, they got a lot more uh, sort of back to their roots, uh, more DIY kind of sounding music. Um, yeah. and, I mean, and the albums are still really good. Their last album, Silver Linings, is awesome. Like, is it, that, it's it's great. Yeah. Is that the it one that came out in 2020? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It, like, it's probably my favorite of theirs since since Anthem. Um, yeah, that, that was that was the first album they put out since 2013. So that was like a very long break for them. Yeah, like yeah a lot you guys of... should check it out. It's re- it's really really good. It has a it has a lot of the the sound of more of like this era, but more kind of you know older, mature, I guess. But like, yeah, it's really really good. And of course, they're still going because you just saw them. Yes. So, uh, they are due for a new album, I would say. Right? It's been three years. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard any rumblings, but uh, they're definitely due. Yeah, for sure. I mean, thanks for thanks for talking about them. Thanks for introducing me to this band. I I didn't I'd never heard them before. I met you guys and started hanging out with you guys. Like you guys, you know, Scram guys turned me on to a lot of music that I I never thought I'd listen to. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they're like uh, the way that like people say like Green Day or Blink were like their kind of sort of gateways into you know punk music. Like yeah. weirdly, like less than Jake served that purpose for me, just because they were like literally, like like I said, I was listening to just like pop radio until I started listening to Less Than Jake, which led me to you No know, Effects and Rancid and you know Bouncing Souls and then you know all that all that stuff. So. Yeah. Anything else from you, Jr? Oh no, this this is great. Like uh, I was just happy to be able to listen to a full record from these guys. Yeah. Like I said, I've been listening to this type of music lately around the house with my daughter learning some green day songs and just this kind of era stuff um been listening to it lately around the around the house so this fit right in um but yeah just really impressive and if you want to listen to some really fast really tight musicians go check these guys out really good songwriters with great vocal harmonies there's not a lot you can say that they they lack they really fill a lot the void there for you musically so check them out um, a thumbs up for me uh all right well thanks scott yeah thank you guys it was fun yeah.